After Buzzers, the gorgeous ladies of wrestling season two is back. And in true Netflix fashion, we binge watched ourselves. So today we're talking all about episodes one through five. So stay tuned. You're tuning into the destination for TV superfan discussion, After Buzz TV. And now, let the buzz begin. Yes, except an air guitar. Come on, Bill. Huh? Here, Liberty Bell and Zoya just danced to it. Yes. Uh, Only Liberty uh. Bell knows how to dance, honey. Oh, excuse me, Zoya. <laughs> I am Zoya. She, had a break she did break dance this season. What's mm. up, everyone? Thanks so much for joining us. The OG panel is back. Season one panel, all of us have returned for season two. The gorgeous ladies of wrestling kicked it into high gear this season. So thank you for joining us. My name is Candace Cruz. I'm Rakong. I'm Little Egypt. And I'm Bill Hanstock. Guys, there's so much to cover. I know. <laughs> so I feel like we should just jump Try right in to yeah. episode one. I, I loved where they picked up. And um, obviously we had a lot of tension left off at the end. Still of episode or season one, and going into it, I feel like Ruth still is trying to find like her calling, as well as a lot of the girls going into that the open endedness of whether or not their season was going to get picked up, and first day generous in general, going back into into the new season, and getting picked up. Um, how did you guys feel about episode one in general? I think it set the tone for this season, mm. and uh, that's something that definitely through the first five episodes we, we've seen so far, talking about the end of the first season ending with the pilot, and then finally culminating in the wrestling show that they worked all the first season to try and put together. Okay. But now that the audience of the show understands what they're making, and the wrestling business a little bit, now we can get more into the in-depth lives of these characters and what they're going to mm. deal with going forward. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we were talking about that out um, before we came in to do this panel, is that I'm really excited because throughout episodes one and five, we really see an arc for almost all of the characters. We haven't seen every single one of them develop completely, but we have seen a lot more of each of them. It's not very Ruth and Debbie-centric as it was in season one, which is understandable because that's the underlying theme still a little bit. There's still that tension of that relationship, but I really liked going into the episode one and seeing the camaraderie Mm -hmm. of these women finally come together and become a team rather than just individual women figuring out the characters and their characters in GLOW as the ladies. And the the show's already proven that it's really egalitarian in the sense of, like, in season one, we paid a lot of attention to, besides the main characters, we paid a lot of attention to Sheila, Mm -hmm. paid a lot of attention to Britannica, Mm -hmm. and we paid a lot of attention to Melrose and Machu Picchu. Mm -hmm. And those are sort of the four characters we're not seeing as much of this season. And then Cherry as well. So it's nice that we saw those characters a little bit showcased, and now we're seeing the other characters showcased mm. in this season. And we got a new, and we got a new, we got a new one. Yeah, we got a, yes. oh, we got a Mexican Yolanda. wrestler. Yes, yes. exactly. Yo Yo Junk Chain Number Two. She's amazing, <laughs> and I, I I was so lucky to get to talk to her at the premiere that we all got to go to um, a couple of days ago for Glow for the launch party, and um, got to talk to Shakira who plays Yolanda because she is not only. A Latina, the first Latina on the GLOW group of this season in this show. Um, but she's also LGBTQ. Yep. When she comes mm-hmm. out in episode 
two, I believe. I know we're skipping episodes, but well, we're getting there. Think, yeah. We're covering the whole yes, episodes exactly. one, through, one five, through five. So like no anything, anything, kind of, anything kind of goes. So yeah, but yeah. I love that she's she's kind of having to prove herself. Well, a little bit. Well, no, 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 no. I threw you for a loop. No, no, no. Right, you're saying prove herself. Right, like there is that like that point of where it's just like everybody's like, wait, who are you? Yeah. And she's like, hey, I'm you know I'm a new person. It's like, wait, what are you doing here? And then there's a point of where like you almost see like a like a slight version of bullying except for the fact that then Ruth jumps in and says like no come on guys come on let's let's go do something fun what's like almost going to a brand new school in the middle of like a of of your senior junior year of like everyone's got their family and their clique and then this random new person is coming in and we have to include her well, it's not just the new kid in town, but it's also the the pro wrestling mm. and television thing of oh, someone's been recast. Ooh. Yes. So, so yes. uh, I was hoping that you would tell us a little bit about you know being there with the original Glow Girls and talking about the fresh blood that comes right. in. Mm. Right. Well, I was like a YOLO. I came <laughs> in at the end of season two of Glow, and so they were already they formed their bonds. They had their sisterhood. I was in awe and. Much like YOLO, I just kind of, you know, I understood as I walked in that this wasn't my house, that I had to earn earn my way in. And I, and I think that that's what YOLO was doing. She maybe had a rocky start in the first, like, introduction to the girls, but then she kind of pulled back and she realized that she has to earn her space. I guess another, mm. I guess another thing, it's, it's not even the introduction of her, but more of, right, like, wait, chair, wait, you're... Where's Cherry? Like they all send, yeah. It's just like there's. It's not just so much like an inter- introduction of a new person, mm-hmm. but it's also like where's our other friend? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah she, maybe she could have come in as a different character, and maybe it, it might have been just a little bit easier. But since it's like, well, no, Cherry was junk chain. Yeah, we had that in Glow. Actually, there was a lot of uh, characters like dementia that was replaced with another dementia. You know, it wasn't the first time cheerleaders coming and going, and and it just. It almost became normal, mm-hmm. but it's not showing as normal yet because Yolo's the first one to do it. Mm. And this is something that pro wrestling fans have been dealing with forever: is having, you know, a character be replaced. Normally, yeah. it's a character that's in a mask or a face paint or something. Yeah. It's not someone who's yeah. so like a black character becomes a Latina character. Right. It's not quite <laughs> right. that drastic. I know, yeah. and, and it was it, we were a little bit more subtle too right. in our show. <laughs> Dementia had a mask. One <laughs> of the, the other while, while we're talking about like yeah. representation mm-hmm. in this season. The one thing that I'm I'm probably the most uh, I don't want to say excited, but the most grateful for this season is continued attention paid to the issues of representation mm. within the show and how the pro wrestling business, especially in the 1980s, dealt with stereotypes and representation as opposed to how the people behind the scenes felt about that. So uh, I think that you know, obviously this this series is being viewed through a lens of like people today writing about and looking back at the representation of the time and viewing it and comment commentating on that through that lens of like retrospective. Mm. Um, But I mean, it was definitely something that was felt at the time as well by the performers, I'm sure. Um, But you know, in the first season we talked about, you know, Welfare queen revealing I have a son that goes to Stanford. You know, I, I have mm-hmm. I'm I'm this person. I'm not mm-hmm. the person I'm portraying. But now we're actually getting into the nuts and bolts of how does this portrayal affect the person that's portraying the character? Mm. I agree, and I think um, it affects on all ends of the spectrum. I think including you know Debbie and Liberty Bell mm-hmm. because I think every person has to 
accept what they're perceived as within this world rather than what they perceive themselves to be, which is a really hard pill to swallow. Um, but I did like the camaraderie that they did end up having when they went to the mall and kind of put all of those, like, they almost started to embrace the characters that they've been endowed with, that mm-hmm. they've been given, um, and realize that they are characters and kind of owned up to it. Um, and we got to see Ruth kind of put on the producer hat, even though she's not allowed to put or, on I mean, the producer she's, hat. Like, like many different hats. It's like writer, yeah. producer, director... Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of like what she was just like. Let me, let me, yeah, let's just go do this. Let's just go do that. Mm. Not necessarily. Uh, I wouldn't say it's calculated. Like, not that she is like deliberately doing it, mm. but it's just kind of just accidentally happening because yeah. she's, as we've learned, she's just a person with like a lot of ideas. Yeah. Right. You know what I loved about the mall scene was that it was really organic and unscripted, and that's how it was for us. We got to develop a lot of that stuff. I mean, we did have lines on certain skits, but the. There was one of the food fight scenes and, and things where we had the glow games. That was all like us against them. It was so fun, and I think they did a fantastic job at loosely representing that part of the show. It meant a lot to me as a viewer. You know who I do feel sorry for, though? Hmm. And I think I've always felt sorry for her is a little bit of Ruth. I feel like you almost, I know that she did a bad thing in season one and mm-hmm. all this other stuff. But I've even watched interviews of Alison Brie where she had to humanize her, obviously. And I really feel empathetic for Ruth going into season two because she really just is trying to do her best. She's just trying to help. And it's like you said, it's not calculated. It's not under an agenda. It's genuinely just trying to have the backs of all these women and enjoy her job. This is the first time that she's had any type of publicity or an acting role. And she's just trying to like bring the camaraderie between everybody, but yet continually get shot down in every direction. It just kind of sucks for her. I mean, truth, too, it's like when you see Ruth in season one and you look at her and every being that she is, it's like, yeah, you don't ever look at her as... She had a lot of girlfriends. She had a lot of people to hang out with. Right. I mean, hence hence why she made all those poor choices mm-hmm. in, you know, in yeah. season one or that we learned yeah. about with her is because, yeah, I didn't have those types of friendships. Now she does, so it's like, it's like cultivating this friendship and common bond with everybody. Mm-hmm. What did you guys think about the firing? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Sam yeah. sacked. Viking. Oh. Did that hurt? It hurt me. Yeah. I was like, "Ouch!" I've seen. I've actually seen. Have that you seen first, that? Yeah, I saw that firsthand. I was yeah, because I was looking forward to Vicky's character or, yeah. or, or Reggie, Reggie, yeah, Viking, Reggie. Viking, yeah, Vicky, yeah. Reggie. I was looking forward yeah. to seeing more of her character because right, because last season it was a lot of Ruth. Debbie mm-hmm. and Sam. So I was just like, okay, this is season two. So you're either going to build some other characters. So I was looking forward to seeing. And then all of a sudden it's like, bye bye. And yeah, it's, Bill, it's like fast. you said, it happens in real life mm-hmm. anywhere. In, in wrestling, you're like, yeah, yeah. You, you make somebody mad and a person in a, a position of power. Well, I think that's what bothered me so much is to see that this was the first time really. We've seen the power dynamic between men and women play out. We saw a little bit of it in season one, but to see that deliberate, like, I am trying to pull the upper hand. I'm a man. You are a woman. You're going to try and say something. Sorry, you're gone. Mm -hmm. Like, to really see, and it's not even just the power dynamics, it's the emasculating 
element that Sam oh. felt. Good word, good word. Of uh, feeling like he's already feeling insecure yeah. because he's not getting what he's wanting. He hasn't had as sex- successful of a career as he's wanted. Was that, mm-hmm. a, was that a Freudian slip? It was, I guess. <laughs> Inadvertently. Sure. For Sam, I mean, it I is. I mean, Sam, of, yeah, yeah, kind of, if yeah. we're talking about Sam. Yeah. But he's just got this daughter sprung upon him mm-hmm. that says 16, she's 16 or mm-hmm. 17. 16. 16. I think she's 16, 16, right? And the poor guy, like, I can understand his perspective as well, but the way that he dealt with it was just mm-hmm. completely... Yeah. It's misdirected though, like in time, sometimes like when, yeah, like when in the heat of the moment, when you're angry, sometimes like your anger gets misdirected. Mm. And unfortunately, right, like in, the good thing for Reggie or Viking Vicky, she was standing up for all I of know, them, right? but mm-hmm. she was in, you know, the line of. But anger. ultimately, shouldn't it have been Ruth? If he's really mad about the situation, but he knows that he has to have Ruth. Yeah. So if he's trying to pull the power dynamic of like, don't step out of line, yeah. let me take mm-hmm. the weakest link that's mm-hmm. standing up. And pull you out of the game. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, someone in chat saying the character Debbie shined this season, and I think mm-hmm. we all agree. Yeah. Uh, just to let the viewers know and the listeners know, Candace hasn't watched past episode five no, yet. I've only seen episode I five. haven't watched past episode eight yet. So some of us are in different places right now. But I do want to say that I like that the the really the theme of this season is growth mm. and change, and there are at least four characters. They go through massive shifts uh, over the course of the, the season, and it's really amazing to watch. And I know that in Episode 7, I was definitely moved to tears by a character development, but we'll get to that next week. Mm-hmm. Um, right, yeah, we're only coming yeah. up to yeah. Episode yeah. 5, and I mean, it's, it's kind of clear even from Episode 1 with Debbie that she's going through that divorce. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, now, like, her marriage is completely, like, we're not working it out anymore, we're getting divorced, and her trying to navigate right a divorce a baby and then right this like weird wrestling career that's not acting when she was on whatever show she was like you know that soap opera show that she was on where Mm -hmm. she was like kind of a star and got written off of well i think too as well going into debbie it's not even just a divorce it's a development of yourself as a person when you don't have the other person that you identified yourself with you no longer have the person that you were his wife now you have to be 100% your person in the 80s trying to be a woman and like even going into episode 2 when she walks into the room with Sam and he's like mm-hmm. oh you want to be a producer now no I am a producer yeah. and to figure out because it's not only just like proving yourself to anyone else it's proving it to yourself that can I really do this and almost like playing it fake it till you make it I feel like you see a lot of that within Debbie um, but going into episode two and talking about character development, we do get to see these girls kind of develop their own characters on Glow more because now they've cut down the time. Not everyone's going to be fighting. Was there ever a time where you guys had to actually like audition ahead of time to see who was going to be wrestling, and or did you just get assigned? We we got assigned, but they did. They taped us all on the same day, and then they would just decide when they're going to roll out the footage we had one day of taping a week where matt was uh well sam was doing uh <laughs> sam sam's doing a one day one day sh- every day a show you know right. and you know he's trying to do one a week and send out his footage we weren't we weren't working like that we were we had one shoot day and then 
Well, here, here's something that, that like, this is what kind of led Debbie to the producer role because she brings, mm-hmm. we find out she brings out her husband, who's a mm-hmm. William Morris business affairs guy, yeah. and they haggle everything because the contracts come out. And these mm. contracts are so crappy. So, I mean, Little Egypt, how was when you guys got the contract? Was there any negotiating? Was it like, you either want it, you sign it, or forget it? Are you ready for this? Yes. Oh, yeah. I'm, right. I'm actually you ready? like, yes. I mean, the okay. fans want this. Uh, I want to know? know. Okay. I never signed a contract. <gasps> how do you like that? Never signed a contract. Just showed up, went into training, ended up on television. I don't know if they Somehow forgot. Somehow got paid. Got paid every week. And went on tour, did everything, and never had a contract signed. Yeah. Wow. I think they did contracts initially, maybe in the very beginning, or maybe during when the cast rolled over and we had a new cast for season three and four, but... That boggles my mind. That's so 80s. So 80s. It's so 80s, yeah. right? Like, how many wrestlers went into... They didn't... You know, they were, they were doing the... Almost every wrestler was doing a handshake deal. Exactly, yeah. right? But that's a safety precaution as well. Not only, like, financially you need to get an agreed amount... And, and have something to stick to it but like if something happens to you on the job what what I actually got hurt on the job and our hotel provided the workman's compensation nice. so well that was very nice of yeah. you yeah. Yeah. well cuz cuz you're on like ground like, yeah, pub, like my, rounds yeah, on so, okay, that makes yeah, sense yeah otherwise that's even worse yeah. for like yeah and that's something that most wrestlers at the time didn't have they yeah. couldn't if they got I was hurt lucky. on the job I was yeah. lucky that I I could get my knee taken right. care of crazy though right when they when I was like yep I never signed a contract. But it's interesting, the contract thing, because that's, in the wrestling business, that's something that's been a sticking point for since the 70s, yeah. is, like, wrestlers can't be insured medically, mm-hmm. and the issue of unionization has been a very mm. sticky issue for almost 40 years now. Mm-hmm. So, it's you know, it's, a, it's like something that's very glossed over in GLOW, but it has to be, because there's way too much to get into, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and they've got a story to tell. Yeah. Of course. I mean, literally, did you have like women that were there that like like we've seen like we saw in episode two where you know Beirut clearly doesn't want to be Beirut, right? Mm. And then this is and then this is where we see the beat beat down biddies steal their steal her idea. Mm-hmm. They change into the toxic twins of Nuke and Ozone, yeah. which I love. Did that right? ever? Did that ever like go on behind the scenes, or did everybody just kind of accept their roles and? Yeah, we accepted our roles because like when Sam said, everyone here is replaceable. That was something we knew when we mm. when we showed up. That not only did we know we were replaceable, mm-hmm. but we saw ourselves getting replaced. <laughs> like girls would get hurt, and someone yeah. else would cut. There were three farmers' daughters. They were. Yeah. We just called them different names. There was um, <laughs> Sally, Amy, and Babe. We met last you know? season. So yeah. yeah. Right. So I mean, that's. It was just like it was so easy just to re- be re- you know to show you that you were re- replaceable. So that was Especially with no contract. Um, That's an yeah. easy switcheroo yeah. kind of thing. Um, yeah. We've got a question for Little Egypt from yeah. the chat um, that goes in with uh, the development that the girls in Glow, and I think I believe in episode two, they have to start auditioning their matches. Yes. Is that indeed in episode two? Is that what yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's where like, so yeah. everybody like, so picks we're moving their, along story, their storylines so, are. So um, they wanted to know uh, where the original gorge- Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling ever told that your matches were too long. Were you ever given feedback as far as putting matches together? That's not working. So crazy you should say that because our matches could be in upwards of 15 minutes right. back then. It was so crazy. Wow. We it's just, long, yeah. we gave that, yeah, it was long. But wasn't that kind of true to the time? Weren't those Absolutely. matches? Like, yeah. they're, that's what we did. We How did long them. was a typical show of Glow? It was an hour show. It was an hour okay, show. Okay, well, then that, I yeah. guess that makes sense if you do. No, because Bill, I want to say, like, the headlining. 
the headlining act usually for back in the 80s like when they syndicated mm-hmm. it I want to say the, the headlining act at the end of the, at the, end of the episode mm-hmm. you know say it was like Hulk Hogan versus Iron Sheik or something yeah. that would be like a 15 minute match but a standard match wouldn't be 15 minutes well you're talking about on TV no but in the house show, which is where the eighties mm-hmm. the, the the business lived and died, was the live show. That was the that was what it was. Yeah. Now we think about wrestling as a TV product. Yeah. But back in the eighties, it was anything but. TV was just a byproduct to get. TV was the commercial to get people to the live shows. So at the live shows, you would have every match go yeah. 18, yeah. 20 minutes That's and then the and then the the main events would be like 25 or 30 yeah. and I in mean, the 70s every like all the main events went 60 yeah right crazy i think ours were probably averaging around 10 minutes mm. but now today in the, a Four woman minutes. in the women's division <laughs> right. we can't there's even so many. Get, that's so a many, lot yeah. of airtime yeah if you think about it that's actually really incredible for us to have that well it's mm-hmm. interesting too going into the the live element and not being a thing of the 80s of them trying to keep the audience interested, which they talk about a little bit in episode two, I believe, still. Candy of the year. Where they do the candy. Um, was that, like, how was it? Because you came in season two, though, rather than season one. Did I you actually hear... came in the end of season one, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. and then, end of season one, and going to season two. Yeah. Was there ever that time where the audience was literally like you were trying to build up the audience rather than the other way around? So crazy. We wanted the audience to love us. Like it yeah. really bothered us when, you know, I was a baby face and if I was getting booed, I I couldn't. I was just <laughs> like, what? But hey, there's some heels that are really po- more popular than baby faces like Ninochka we had and we had some other heels mm-hmm. that the audience just loved and you you know you just knew that you weren't going to be the favorite of the day. Mm. It bothered me. It really bothered me. I came out belly dancing. I wanted I wanted them to love me, man. Yeah. I would just take as much time as I can to work the audience. We we could we wanted to hear like the reaction mm-hmm. of the fans. Mm-hmm. Like when when we took a good bump and if we were if you could even hear from a fans from the fan reaction if you were taking too long. Mm-hmm. And then you could speed things up and we're like we're losing them. Yeah. That's just That's amazing. No, I mean something that's crazy. Something that's crazy about mm-hmm. episode 2 and I had yeah. to when I rewatched from mm-hmm. episode 1 to 5 again today before coming here I didn't notice that I like it because it's so small, but it's there that Carmen, because of her brother, is the new trainer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah, which I thought was like, I was like, oh, that's because like because Cherry's gone. Yeah. Because Cherry was the original yeah. trainer. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I was like, oh, okay. And then, you know, and like I love how like, old girls are like, dibs, 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 dibs. And then it's, and then it's like, uh, like uh, Ruth is like sitting there being like, no, I was like, you know. Yolanda and I need help with Carmen because she doesn't know how to wrestle at all, which leads to like their whole crazy your favorite scene. I loved mm. the break dancing. I thought it was amazing. It was great. Did anyone ever do any like type of sketchy kind of thing rather than wrestling? Yeah, we did actually. A lot. You, I know you had the horse. No, no, oh yeah, no, no, but like uh, Nanetchka and um, Susie Spirit both were professional dancers, mm. and they actually did a dancing skit. That's awesome. That was one of the promos. So That's it's just, amazing. yeah, I mean, they were utilizing their ta- talents every way that they that they could, yeah. and it was so really on point. That's why I was saying earlier, I think even though it's loosely based on our story, somebody's channeling. There's like there's somebody sending these messages to these writers that are like they're hitting home runs with the way that it was for us, and it, and to me that made me feel really good. It made me feel like, wow, not only are you, I know you're not trying to tell an authentic story, but the message is getting out that we did feel this way. 
and it was at sometimes like you didn't know if you were showing up and if it was your last day of work mm. you never knew you never knew because you could have got hurt too mm -hmm. yeah and you're you're on this fine line of if i could just survive mm -hmm. to the right. next week well you also even mentioned that you used to do actually do psas which is something that they mm -hmm. did in episode three yeah that the network and the what was the organization again? The Women Concerned Conservative Women of America. Yeah. yeah, was it Conservative Mothers or Women? It was Concerned Mothers of America. Concerned, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we had the Jewish League after us. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, I think gosh. it was. Um, I think it was dementia caused a lot mm. of problems. We had a we had a wrestler oh, named Dementia, and oh, so was, yeah. Okay, it took me sure. for a second. I was like, does someone have dementia? <laughs> no, I don't. Right, but I can see how that's. Yeah, yeah. I can see how that's, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that and the housewives are a little bit. Oh, the yeah. The, she. You just love them. Yeah. Don't you just love them? And I love how in the show they got these alternative characters, which mm. was, yay, because I, I love Chainsaw and Spike. I yeah. love yeah. that, like, so edginess, and they're, they're, they're doing a great job. I'm so excited. Yeah. Can't wait to get them in the studio so we can talk to them. Oh, Kimmy Gatewood and Rebecca Jones? Yeah, yes. let's do it. They were great. We got to talk to yeah. them the other day, and they were fantastic. Yeah. But I, um, going into the whole... PSA element though mm -hmm. were, were how um, politically correct were the PSAs of that era because clearly they really just went full on speed ahead with yeah. this particular PSA that they did in episode 3 it was three. a weird idea I really it was, I, was like, I, I mean now on? if you put it in 2018 I'd be like they did not just yeah. do that. Yeah. Well, it would, it would, no, Don't have it, the kid. No, in 2018, it would be be like one of those crazy, funny virals. Like that, it would go viral because um, it's so right, ridiculous. Right, because it's so yeah. ridiculous, and you would be like, they did not. Okay. All right. Sure. Yeah. It's funny now. Our, P we, our PSAs came out in the third and fourth season, I think, after a slew of letters. And that was another thing they were showing that we were getting mm. all these fan letters. And that was subjective. The, the letters were absolutely coming in, but not everyone got their letters. Wait, not everybody got their letters. Not everyone got their letters, and a lot had to do with what? them. Yeah, well, think about this. If you're trying to control women and trying to tell them that they're replaceable, you don't want to give them all their fan letters to let them know oh that they God. are really worth more than no. what you're paying them. And so it's a lot of psychology goes on behind the scenes of what was actually happening. And now that I'm... I'm, I'm older now and I've had a lot of business experience it just it doesn't surprise me right. that things like that had to happen in order for them to keep these women in control right I'm not saying it was right no not at no. all no, no. Not, I didn't know that that's that's mind-blowing yeah to think that like yeah to think that like you, you like you didn't yeah maybe that's there's crazy. letters out there yeah. like that you never yeah. saw I mean yeah. and it's maybe yeah. it's like some little kid just like saying you're mm -hmm. my hero thank yeah. you so much and it's it's like in some. It was well, and there was also some bad letters too. Oh, like, of course. Yeah, well, yeah. There's always yeah. haters. <laughs> I mean, obviously, I mean, yeah. I death think... threats and stuff like that. And Anuchka had to be really careful because she couldn't go on tour with us. Like she couldn't do any of the promos with us because literally people would want to take her out on behalf <gasps> of good old America. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Yeah, yep. I mean, I guess that that's right. Makes USA, sense. wait, that's right. USA, USA. Mm -hmm. <gasps> yeah, no, I yeah. just people believed it. Man, but, they believed it. I love how indicative that, like you said, they're channeling it. Mm -hmm. Is that they're really being true to the time frame? Yes. But also, we were talking about it earlier as well. Is that it's interesting watching it through the 2018 lens of how a lot of it is still very prevalent. It's just we see it a different way. 
mm-hmm. like going into episode five, which we'll talk about a little bit later. If you keep watching, is where we talk about obviously now what we know as the Me Too movement that was also very prevalent in the eighties that has consistently been coming through. Mm-hmm. But I also feel like the eighties and the time that we're in now were both very revolutionary eras within time that we're seeing a lot within the, this show that a lot of things were being brought up stereotypes were challenged yeah. so what did you think when Ruth has this conversation with Debbie and she's like this, you know almost like girl you're not going to believe what happened to me and then she finds out that that was not the reaction oh skipping into episode 5 whew yeah um, well are we ready to skip 10 I don't know I don't know I think we only have 15 minutes no it's, no, it's fine we're, we're covering we're covering all we're covering yeah. all yeah. one on through five so like yeah that's a, it's a, that was like one of the big topics that's yeah. the big the big that's one yeah big it's a big cultural topic right there. and yeah I, you know yeah what's the men's actually I do want to hear this what is the men's perspective of both of the 1980s situation taking it as a 1980s situation and also viewing that particular bungalow incident through the lens of Me Too in 2018. I mean, the situation is completely right. Like, I mean, I was even with a friend of mine last night. She's 23 and pretty mm-hmm. and told me this story of how she got harassed on a carpet. And I was like, did you know the guy? And she's like, no, he just... And I was like, wow, I couldn't believe it. And so, like, watching the show, I'm just like, it's the 80s, absolutely. Wow. The part where Debbie... I was surprised and I wasn't surprised because it's writing for this era right now. Mm -hmm. So, like, writing for this era now, yeah, you would want to see Debbie get behind Ruth and say, yeah, "Yeah, that's, you know, whatever. But instead, she went the opposite way. It's like, no, you flirt with them a little. Like, you don't have to sleep with them. You can do all these things. So, like, I was was a little surprised, but I wasn't because that probably was very true of Mm. the 80s. It's probably still true now on some ends. I mean, which is unfortunate. Uh, I don't think I... Give I, I can't give the typical man's perspective because <laughs> I'm pretty atypical when it comes to uh, that respect. But um, uh, as as Rick was saying, like I I felt that the conversation with Debbie was very much a contemporary take on the situation, where um, the one empowered woman in the situation has the opposite take of what you would expect. So I felt that that was sort of the writer subverting our expectations and maybe not necessarily entirely true to the time period. Um, but I think that it's horrible, and I, th- I know for a fact that it still happens all the time, constantly, and especially in the wrestling business. Uh, a lot of... Uh, Basically, every woman who's in the wrestling business has had to deal with scummy people. Um, I, I can't speak for you, obviously, mm-hmm. but um, every woman that I know who's in the wrestling business has had to deal with some really horrible stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just from not just from the people in charge, although it makes it very hard for women to make a living in wrestling just being wrestlers, um, but also from fans, um, just like all the way up and down, because um, it's it's uh, that's the thing about the uh, the uh, the ruling class is that they're going to oppress the people underneath them. So um, it's just a horrible situation that we're we're starting to see some positive movement. Unfortunately, we're starting to see some very negative movement at the same time, um, and it's it's mm-hmm. real unfortunate. But I I I really appreciated glow going into this area in um, the fifth season and, and uh, second season, the fifth episode. And you, you will see later um, that uh, there will be someone else who subverts expectations when it comes mm. to this topic coming up. So, um, so it's, were you surprised that Sam Silva's character wasn't 
a little bit more. Um, well, I thought for sure, like this, he would he he could have taken so many liberties with so many of the cast members mm. for oh, yeah, yeah, those yeah. spots. I mean, that's actually credible to his character. But I was like, definitely, well, if, yeah. if he's like got this, I'm gonna you know. You're, you're, everyone's replaceable. Yeah. Why isn't he playing that angle? He could get away with it. And that's, and he that's could a, so get away with it. It's yeah. interesting about Sam that he's such a for for so much of the season. He's so for so much of the show. He's such a, a, a despicable, unlikable yeah. guy. Yeah. But at the same time, you know, he sleeps with Britannica. He develops a relationship there, and a lot of the women view her as getting preferential treatment in season one. Mm-hmm. Then in season two, you find out that Yolanda is replacing Cherry. And she got the job because Sam met her at a strip club. And so Britannica gets very, you know, jealous or offended. Yeah, yeah, there's the, right. And, and the expectation is there that, oh, Sam's just sleeping with another girl and that's how he met her. But then you find out that he's not sleeping with her at all. In fact, she's a lesbian. Right. So yeah. that yeah. that's sort of a weird through line of Sam is that he's a heinous person. He does terrible things. He doesn't know how to relate to people. But rarely is he, like, sleeping around with the women to... Well, yeah. no, and I'm some, but I'm wondering, too, though, is that because, though, as, we, as we've seen for this season and something that I talked to Britt Barron about on the carpet is her character has a different turn. Like we haven't really seen her wrestle yet. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, they're talking about right. Sam's dynamic with like Justine. Mm-hmm. So it's like, he's got a daughter now. Yeah. So maybe there's a little bit of like, changes his perspective. Yeah. It's like mm, not everybody's meat. And I think it also mm, changes his perspective, that relationship he had with Britannica. Cause he saw how things changed and it affected the dynamic of his show to be in that situation and how people looked at him and how they looked at her. So I think that really the, the, the through line with Sam is that he just, is he allows his emotions and his bad personality to lead him into different situations. And he mm-hmm. makes bad decisions all the time. And because a lot of the Britannica thing was she flirted with him initially. Yes. And so he was like, well, well why not? And, and that's, you know, he's a bad guy and he's like a jerk and makes horrible decisions. But that specific decision, it was just sort of another like, well, why the hell not? I'll see it. I'll, I'll try it and see if it works. And it didn't work out because nothing works out with Sam because he's a despicable guy yeah. who doesn't like himself. So why would his relationship work out? So I, I just think that's an interesting thing about Sam is that like you would expect another character to just sleep his way through all these women or, yeah. or whatever. Or maybe maybe he has feelings for Ruth. Did you see at the end of uh, episode number yeah. two? That, yeah, you saw, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, there's like that, this kind of like bit, yeah. it's a weird look. Yeah, the so, fact that so he well, is taking her yeah. under his wing as much as he is, even though yeah. with a stiff arm, yeah. Yeah. I think it does prove that he has some type of Yeah. Their personalities are so similar and yes. clash that I think that Sam can't stand someone who's so much like him. Mm-hmm. And she's very abrasive and very unlikable through a lot of this series. But I think it's also that Sam does recognize that she's the only other person in the room who cares as much as he does. Yeah. yeah. So he knows that he needs her. True. I mean, mm-hmm. there there's just so much that went on throughout this entire first five episodes. We didn't even touch on Bash and going into oh my God, the, yeah. the club trying to yeah. find Florian. We didn't even 
touch into you know um, like ch- like cherry yeah like we like we get like we cherry, like we see cherry. Oh, yes. she's a bad I mean is, is, she's, is, a, is bad a, actress. she's a bad ass but she's a bad actress mm-hmm. right yeah yeah so we missed yeah. on that there's so much to cover and we're running out of time oh, it's man. just well I, I would just like to say about uh, Cherry Bang and her I loved watching her and her oh. husband interact with each yeah. other and did you just yes. fall in love with her husband they're the best they are yeah. I was just like oh man he's so good to her he's you don't so see sweet. enough of those actually you don't see yeah. enough for those on TV where they're genuinely partnerships yeah. and re- like relationships where he's like, what kind of man would I be? I'm your partner. What's going on? You right. don't see a lot of that. Right. Even in this time period of where like yeah. we see with Debbie's relationship where there's the power dynamic of like, I'm the husband, you're the wife versus yeah. Cherry and her husband have that that friendship, yes, ultimately, yeah, yeah. Um, which I think we need to see more of in general. Yeah, but to see their playfulness, mm-hmm. loved it. Mm-hmm. Oh my it was god, fantastic! It was the best. No, I mean, and then, you know, and then we had like comedy. Like we had some, we had some fun where. You know, it's it's kind of a weird storyline, but it's really funny. Is like you know Melrose and Fortune Cookie, and like the yes. whole like I'm constipated, I've got a secret, oh. I've got an Asian secret, and it's like <laughs> give me your jacket, and all of a sudden they're all like, you know, she's like you're still my guy. I mean, that, that's like that's pretty, you know, like just like adding the, like the other characters, it's pretty funny. I mean, we still technically are a comedy show, and on the Comedy Channel of mm-hmm. After Buzz TV, you know. So yeah, exactly. Glow Jackie's is a great. comedy, and I, yeah, I like exactly. that about I like that about the show is that yeah. it's a comedy, and it wouldn't be true to the source material if it wasn't a comedy. Because <laughs> we were a comedy show. Because you were asking about the PSAs yeah. and stuff, and, yeah. and if you're interested mm-hmm. in, in the original Glow and you haven't done so, I encourage people to go to YouTube and look up all the skits because there's compilations of just the skits. Right. There's full episodes, and it's so heavy on on comedy and goofy uh, skits and yeah. just weird adult like. Situations and puns and wordplay. I know it's the word we had a we had a joke writer for our writer. <laughs> it's all he did was one line jokes, mm. which was so awesome. But also, if you really do want to learn a little bit more about the story of the gorgeous ladies of wrestling, the documentary is also playing on Netflix, oh. which mm-hmm. you can watch. Yep. I was a producer on that. If you haven't watched the the Glow documentary and you like the show Glow, what are you even doing? Right? Yeah, that's silly. Exactly. Oh, you gotta yeah. go watch that immediately. Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of uh, speaking of comedies, hey, after buzzers here at the network, we produce after shows for nearly all your favorite TV shows like Glow from dramas, reality TV, sci-fi, and more. There is no network that works harder to serve television fans, but we need your help. We're asking you to please subscribe to one or more of our YouTube channels. Uh, besides helping us a ton, here's what's in it for you. It caters specific content you already like directly to you. It brings your favorite after shows so you don't have to seek them out. And it suggests contests from other channels or podcasts that might interest you. Subscribing to our YouTube channels will also help you discover new shows we're sure you'll love. Since you've already tuned into uh, comedy, which is Glow, you might be interested in, you know, younger, life sentence Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, which uh, which uh, Candace here covered. Yes, so, it was amazing. Um, if you're worried about pesky notifications, don't be. They're optional, and it's easy. Hit and subscribe that button now, and even easier after Buzz experience. And if you let us know that you did in the comments, we'll shout you out on the air. Thanks for being the best fans. We promise to continue to do our best to serve you. Also, if you are watching on YouTube, we are also on iTunes, so you guys can go on over there and listen to all of these amazing shows on podcasts, and please leave a comment below. Give us a rating. Give well, us five likes. stars, all because five the other stars. ones don't work, yeah. so... Exactly. It's just five. Mm. If you do the other ones, it just doesn't work at all. you got five fingers, so you can give us five stars. Exactly. Yeah. And make sure that you let us know in the comment section that the Glow After Show panel suggested that you go and listen to us on iTunes. Awesome. Yeah. Can I ask Little Egypt a question real quick? Yeah. Take it away. Because since the last time we were all together, an original 
Glow Girl was inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. How cool is that? So I want to I wanted to get your thoughts on it. Oh my God! Well, first of all, about time because yeah. Lisa Moretti was a three-time WWE champion. She her story threads the Glow story with the WWE journey, which is wonderful. It's the only thread out there. And she's just the coolest person. Like, she's done nothing. She's just one of those people that you want to have represent your league. So Mm -hmm. I was so excited. Cried like a baby. Mm -hmm. It was just beautiful. You know what I love, too, is that I'm very grateful that you invited us Mm -hmm. to actually go to the screening and meet a lot of the original glow ladies yeah, well, glow girls hang on lady who dive again hang on hollywood see but matt simber i was like wow there right. he is yeah. there the he stories is. you heard were just like unreal but i i appreciated it because you got to actually see the camaraderie come to life and to yeah. see that even throughout all of this you all are celebrating the show celebrating the series and celebrating the relaunch of it and the new birth of it and not yeah. It's just it was really refreshing to see and even to see the new camaraderie of all the new women that at the red carpet the other night to see them really support one another because that's what I loved about season two so much as well as that it's more of an ensemble rather than a focus on the two leads and then everybody else trickled in. It really does focus on the relationships between all of them as a whole. Yeah. So. Man, yeah. there was so much to talk about. We didn't even touch yeah. on Tammy and her relationship with her son. You know what? If we want to, we can t- we, we can touch we can touch on her character like mm-hmm. at, if, at, our, at our second after show. It's fine. Of course. Um, but yeah, guys, speaking of like red carpets, you know, Candace and I were lucky to be at the season two premiere at Muscle Beach and that footage is currently up on after Buzz TV red carpets, yes. uh, you know, so like right now there is, you know, my interviews are with uh, Rebecca Johnson, Kimmy Gatewood, Britt Barron, and Jackie Tone. Candace is going to have her footage up in a second, too. And she's got Brittany Young, Mariana Palka, Sadell Noel, and Shakira Barrera. And so you can get some like little backstories uh, about their experience being on Glow season one and season two and what they did the night that on Friday night when it dropped at midnight. Mm. Which was awesome. So, you guys, I hope you enjoyed. I know that this was a very rushed (laughs) overcap of five episodes, but we felt that since it did drop on Friday and it is now Sunday, majority of you guys have probably watched the entire series by now. It goes by really fast. It goes by really fast. Easy watch. Yeah, Mm. it's a very easy watch and they're quick and they, but they fit a lot in each of the episodes and I don't know how, but they do. Um, So we felt it would just be right to the fans and the viewers that we would cap it quickly for you guys. So we will be back next week covering episode six through ten. We'll be back here at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time because we're working on getting a guest at (gasps) five o'clock. We're working on this week, so we'll let you guys know. But so be be sure to tune in at 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for the rest other second half of the season of Glow. And we will um, hopefully see you guys next week for that, for both of those. And then we will be continuing on after that once we cap the entire series. We will be having a lot of other guests. We're not going to announce the actual dates for those until they are solidified, but we are very excited about the lineup that we have and obviously we will be talking more about the show throughout all of yeah. those interviews eventually we'll touch on everything yeah. touch on yeah. everything and yeah. you guys are such an amazing group of fans that really comment in there let us know what you guys want us to talk about obviously and um, we will see you guys next week again my name is Candice Cruz you can find me on all my social media at Candice R. Cruz and I'm the Ricky the Dragon Hong you can find me on all social media at Rick Hong R-A-C-K-H-O-N-G 
And I'm an original Glow Girl, Little Egypt. You can find me on Twitter at Little Egypt, Instagram, Little Egypt, and Facebook, the uh, Glow Little Egypt. And uh, I'm Bill Hans talking. You can find me on all social media at Sundown Motel. And happy 4th of July to everyone. Yes. Be safe. Be safe. Yes, be safe, and we'll see you guys USA, next week. USA! USA! From executive producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Hello, you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.